What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Cubs Live Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Malzahn, alongside co-host Mark Tellerico. And some interesting reports came out this weekend and just earlier today as well, which we will dive into. But first, I want to talk about the financial situation that kind of came out this weekend. Reports by Buster Only, David Kaplan, and more people inside the baseball business saying the Cubs are going to have to move some serious money if they want a big free agent name like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado because this weekend, the Cubs picked up Cole Hamill's $20 million option for 2019. They traded away Drew Smiley, cleared up some cap space there. But So for the people that don't know the business side of baseball, teams have to stay under a certain amount of luxury tax money. The Cubs are projected around $226 million on their payroll right now committed in 2019. That would be the second tier of luxury tax. Now, if the Cubs go out and get a guy like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, they would easily break that top tier luxury tax amount. Now, the penalty for that, for the team, you would get tax, some draft-related consequences, and your top draft pick would get knocked back down 10 spots. Now, if everything is true to these reports, it's looking more and more like the Cubs are going to have to free up some money, right? Because right now they have about $10 million of flexibility before they hit that top tier. But in reality, for me, are these analysts just reporting what we already know? We know the Cubs were going to get close to that top tier luxury tax. We knew they are committed to a huge payroll like contracts like Darvish, Hayward, Tyler Chatwood, so forth. But how much are we buying into the Cubs not serious in the Bryce Harper watch? For me, we knew these reports already. The only thing new for me would be if the Cubs don't want to go over that top tier luxury tax and break that. And how do we even know by these reports? It's kind of seeming like... They, they're just reporting what we already know. But in reality, if that's the consequences to go over that top-tier luxury tax and Bryce Harper does want to play for the Cubs, you have to go get him, right? It's win right now in Chicago for the Cubs. Your deal is going to be done soon, along with Zobris. That's a good chunk of money right there on top of the TV deal. Mark, tell me your thoughts about these reports. I mean... The thing that's really confusing me is that the same people that are reporting about this and reporting about how the Cubs aren't going to be able to get Harper or Machado, they're the same ones that have always talked about Machado and Harper and have also talked about, are the Cubs going to re-sign Hamill? So it's like, when did suddenly, like, it kind of, it seemed like a conclusion to me that the Cubs were going to get uh, Hamill all along. They were going to extend the option. And the fact that they were able to give away Smiley in the process, that saves $7 million. Technically, you're getting Hamill for, you're getting Cole Hamill's for $13 million, technically, if you subtract the 7 mil. So I don't think that's too bad necessarily. Yes, it's getting close there, and you're going to have to free up more money. But I'm just confused where, like, we all knew this was going to happen, didn't we? I thought, like, this was kind of a foregone conclusion that this was going to happen, and it's something that needed to happen. Montgomery's good, and I like the way the team is, and. Cole Hamels being there, that is a good, that is putting your rotation on lock. And if you Darvish is in fact healthy, then that is looking like a really good rotation, which is the biggest deal with this team. Sure, they forgot how to hit, and we saw how really just poor they looked, but these are hitters that they have found success in the past. And hopefully now that we have a new, now that the Cubs have a new hitting coach, they can all get back to their correct level and really figure it out and along with the good rotation that we know they have, hopefully they'll be able to find success. Now, when it comes to signing Bryce Harper, I mean, I need to look more into it, honestly. It's a whole lot of math. I know that I'm a math teacher, but it's a whole lot that I haven't really calculated in there. 
I know that they need to move some numbers around. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I just, I personally don't think that Tyler Chatwood's going to be on the Cubs opening day roster. I don't know who he's going to go to. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think that somehow the Cubs are going to eat a lot of his money somehow and they're going to give him away. That's my guess. I don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be something that is very surprising that happens. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to happen. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. There is something's going to happen with this Cubs roster. Nothing's done yet. We're just getting started. We've seen moves already. And like I said before, the GM meetings start today. And Theo Epstein left us with some questionable quotes. Take it as you want. I'm just going to read some. They came out and said that the Cubs are not extending Joe Madden's contract. They're going to reevaluate it in the offseason next year or maybe late next season. And he also said this, in quotes, we're not running away from Joe in the very least, but given that we all have things that we're working on to get more out of this team and to be one game better than we were last year, this is the appropriate move. And he said that Joe Madden took it great. He said he doesn't want to be a distraction. And it's true. But when you think about that, for me, it kind of seems like the Cubs are almost turning the chapter a little bit. I think that if the Cubs do not sign Joe Madden, re-sign him, extend his contract, whatever you want to do, and he still wants to manage, and you let him walk out to another team, that's a huge mistake. I don't know what other manager you want. If you want Joe Girardi in this, you know, managing this team, I mean, go for it. But I don't know who you want in that lineup you know, managing every single day because Joe Madden for me is the right person. Now, Mark, tell me your thoughts about that and just kind of explain what you thought about Theo's kind of press conference tonight. Well, when you look at everything that's going on this year, there's no need to talk about what's happening next year or the year after that. We already know that Joe is here for another year, so there's no need to talk about the, about extending him. There's really no need for that. That is for next year's concern. This year's concern is, are the Cubs going to sign Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? Who's going to go because we all know that this this roster that they finish the season with is not going to be the same one that starts the season. That's what the prior that's where the priority needs to be, and that's where it's at. So I was I was happy to hear that. I don't want Theo or Joe to worry about contracts right now when it's not even necessary. Now, when it comes to if he if Joe leaves and he actually goes to another team, I mean Joe is the oldest manager in baseball right now. So it's it's a real possibility that he could retire after next year. I don't think he will. I think he still has a lot. I think he still has probably five years left in him would be my guess. But if he does leave, I mean, I have no clue who the Cubs could pick up, but I mean, you don't know who's going to be available this time next year. So that's not even, it's not even really worth a discussion in my opinion, because I don't really care about Joe Girardi and who knows who he will be with next year or at the end of this year, who knows? I really don't know. But I think that the move to not extend him is perfectly appropriate for right now. Yeah, and I and I have to agree with that. I mean, you got to focus on what's coming up this next year and worry about all that other stuff in the offseason. But for me, I just think that the fact that Theo sat down with Joe Madden and told him they're not re-signing him or extending his contract right now, they're going to reevaluate later. That's telling me something, and I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but also Theo left us with this quote. When it comes to 2019, he said, I think the Cubs are really talented. It's time to produce, or else there's a significant change for this group. So that's where really where our focus is, and it's a pivotal year. 2019 is a pivotal year. I mean, they they made the playoffs. They squeaked their way in there. I mean, you, I say squeak 
but they could have honestly won the division and had a five game guarantee series. But instead, they didn't win game 163. They didn't win the wild card and they they had a trip home early. Now for me, when we talk about Joe Madden, Joe Madden, yes, sure. He has a very talented roster. But in reality, he didn't have the talent on the roster this year. Everybody hit down. Other than Javier Baez, you had you Darvish going out, and he still managed to win 95 games, right? I mean, I think Joe Madden's the right guy for this group. And as far as Theo's comments are, as you know, it's time to produce or else there's a significant change for this group. I mean, it's it says a message. It says a message for me. I think that I don't know if they're gonna go out and get a Bryce Harper. I don't know. It's it's making it seem like that way. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit. Do they go after some bullpen and a backup catcher, middle infielder? Who knows? Or do they go over or, or does Theo do the unexpected like he always does and go out and get a Bryce Harper? I have no idea. But those those kind of quotes, it's I don't know. I don't know how to take it, Mark. How are you feeling? When he says it's time to produce or something else is going to change for this group, so 2019 is a pivotal year for you. What are you thinking? I mean, it definitely is a pivotal year. Yes, the Cubs won 95 games, and Theo said that 9 out of 10 years, that'll win the division, and he's right. But at the end of the day, they came up short. And yes, I think that Joe is one of the few managers in baseball that could have managed this team that performed so poorly, that had so many different injuries, so much happen overall, and still win 95 games and be in a position to make a run in October, I think that is impressive. And that speaks to how good of a manager Joe Madden is overall. But at the same time, you know, he has made some questionable decisions in the past that cannot be denied. I mean, you can go, you can go back to even 2016 in the world series with, with uh, taking out, you know, taking out Hendricks too early. That was a big pivotal moment. There were a lot of different things that were definitely questioned that I think that if they lost that world series, I don't think Joe Madden would be here right now. Honest to God, I don't think he would, but obviously they won. So he is here and he is still finding, he is still finding success, but I think that there could be other guys that continue to find success. Who is, who's going to take his spot? I really don't know, but I don't think it would be the end of the world if Joe wasn't here. And I don't think it's the end of the world that they're potentially talking about it right now. They're not saying we're moving on from Joe. They're just saying we're going to address this next year, which I think is the correct move and an appropriate move at that. It's 100% an appropriate move going forward. And you're right. If the Cubs don't win the 2016 World Series and we had the year that they had in 2017 and 18, I don't know if we're still sitting here saying the same combo. Now, all right, there are more reports out there that the Cubs aren't fully closing the door with Addison Russell quite yet. After being suspended for breaking the domestic violence policy with his ex-wife, for me, this is the wrong fit for the Cubs. Russell, sure, provides some defensive value. He hasn't showed strides offensively since 2016. And with everything going on off the field as an owner, with a guy missing a good chunk of the season for what he did, for his wife coming out and exposing him like he did, the investigation, him getting suspended, and all of his moral values, you got to move on. Am I right, Mark? I would like to speak on behalf of Cubs Live itself and say that we do not endorse Addison Russell in any way. It's very rare that there's a player on a team that I like that I just will not support in any way, but I will not cheer for Addison Russell if he is a Cub. I will not cheer for anything he does, and I will feel guilty watching him play for the Cubs. 
That's how I feel. I imagine you feel the same way. And my take on it all is that I think they might be just like fishing a little bit with the league. Because if they said we're moving on from Addison Russell, we're trying to trade him, then teams would be looking at that as kind of a desperation thing and not necessarily offer up much at all. I really think that this is just Theo and everybody else kind of playing chess in a way and just kind of looking at it and seeing what are you going to offer because we might still keep them. But at the end of the day, I think that they're going to get rid of him come March, February, whatever. I don't think he's going to play um, for the Cubs ever again. I think that this is all just a move to try to get like get a discussion talking about it. You know, like oh maybe maybe we want him. You know, it's instead of just like oh we're moving on immediately. It's just like oh they're trying to get rid of him. You know what I mean? I understand that one hundred percent. It sucks. You know. You go back to 2014 when the Cubs got Addison Russell. 2015, he's brought up, and he's right in the middle of the success. Obviously, what he did on the field doesn't represent what he did off the field, and sometimes it's bigger than baseball. In this situation, it is. I it's hard. I can't cheer for a guy like that. I mean, it is what it is. I don't know what Theo and Jed and you know the Ricketts family has in store. They're talking about kind of you know this is our you know we had him in this situation. It's you know our situation to get him out of it. All that other stuff, we'll see. Uh, but it's not the right fit for Chicago, man. I mean, get him out while you can. Uh, move on. Let this drama be done with. Now, since we're talking about some roster stuff, the Cubs right now have two catchers. Wilson Contreras, Victor Carantini, with Taylor Davis looming in Iowa if one were to go down. Now, a lot of fans, and I think in the organization too, were set for a big year for Contreras after showing so many strides in 2017. But that wasn't the case. He had a very disappointing year in 2018, went on a homerless streak for almost two months, hit around 200 in the second half, and was pretty useless offensively, say the least. Now, I found this stat that was pretty interesting. Contreras was used in 1,109 innings this past year in 2018. Now, that's good for being used 98% of the time behind the plate, which looms to my next question. Should the Cubs go out and get a veteran catcher? You saw in 2016... David Ross was huge for the Cubs, someone you could rely on, give off days to Wilson Contreras. I'm thinking maybe you go out and give Lucroy a one-year deal, maybe two if you're not going to go out and get a big free agent name like reports are saying, but you don't overpay for a backup catcher. You get someone cheap that you can rely on because Wilson Contreras is 26 years old. He cannot be – it's going gonna, it's gonna to wear down on him, and I think that is a cause of his production going down in 2018. Mark, where do you stand on this? Would you like a backup catcher or are you fine with Caratini? Caratini, I think that he is a solid backup catcher, but I saw him in, in games far too much because when Contreras was struggling so much, they needed to put in another catcher, and he simply was not getting the job done in any way. He's slow. He really doesn't have as strong of an arm as Contreras, and he doesn't really have any power. I mean – He's better than Chris Jimenez. We can go out and say that. That was a, just a failed experiment from the jump. But I think that if they did sign a veteran backup, I think that would be a smart move for the next couple years because deep in the minors, Miguel Amaya, remember that name, people that are listening to this podcast, he is a top 100 prospect in baseball. He's the best prospect that the Cubs have. He is going to be a stud. Now, I don't know when he's going to be ready, probably another two or three years at least. But when he comes up, he is going to be the perfect complement for Wilson Contreras and either a trade piece or the perfect replacement for him, depending on how everything's going there. But until that point, there needs to be another 
player that can take over when Contreras needs rest. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. I do think the Cubs need to get a guy that can give Contreras a few days rest because it's wearing down on him, I think. And like you saw, if you got a guy who can you can you know depend on, just like in 2016 and even 2015 when the Cubs had three catchers on their roster, I mean, it's huge, right, um, for this ball club. I mean, so much that happened within the last three days, Mark. A lot, and we're just getting started. The GM meetings are heating up. And a month from now, we'll be the winter meetings. And who knows? Maybe in the next month, Harper will sign to the Cubs. We'll have live news. I don't know. I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for it, my man. Do you think – now? Now, do you think, honestly, after everything that's been said, are your hopes still high on Harper? I just want to remind everybody that at this time last year, I'm pretty sure you Darvish publicly said that he wasn't interested in going to the Cubs. Pretty sure it was an afterthought that it was like, oh, the Cubs are going to sign another pitcher, but it's not going to be you Darvish. And at the end of the day, say what you want about the deal, but Theo got who he wanted. Theo ended up getting you Darvish. And I know that you can't just say Theo gets what he wants. Like, yes, I am wearing my Theo's League uh, t-shirt while recording this podcast. Shout out to the Dom. But overall, I think that it's still possible. And Bryce Harper, he's going to play where he wants to play. I think that the biggest threat is really the Phillies because they have a very interesting, they have a very interesting story going on. They have a lot of young guys and they have a lot of money where they could afford Bryce Harper no problem. They aren't really giving much money away other than to Jake Arrieta. And I think that they pose the biggest threat, but I'm, I mean, I'm not as pessimistic as everybody else that's talking about it because all along I wanted the Cubs to sign to resign Cole Hamels. I wanted them to pick up that $20 million deal and they're technically getting it for 13 million. So if $13 million is going to be the difference between signing and not signing Bryce Harper, then that is an organizational issue because they needed to plan for that. And overall, I think that they should be planning for that. That's just my opinion on it. I'm not a GM. I have no affiliation with that, but that's just how I feel about it on the outside. Yeah, I think for sure that Theo will sit down with, you know, Harper's camp and, you know, it would be a fail if he doesn't sit down with him and just, you know, at least check in at the very least. And I think that's the teams with the biggest threat right now for Bryce Harper, obviously the Cubs that we all think, the Braves, the Phillies, the Dodgers, and also Sam Fram. I think those are five teams that uh, could be serious in the Bryce Harper watch. So it should be interesting. And there was some reports out there that the White Sox too, but who knows? I mean, that would be a huge rivalry, you know, the Crosstown Cup with Bryce Harper playing on the other side. I mean, I'm super excited to see how this pans out. A lot of things are happening tonight, this past weekend, and who knows what a month from now will entail. But Mark, as always, Great podcast, my man. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you aren't, follow us on Twitter at Cubs underscore live. We're putting out content 24-7 for you guys. I mean, Cubs analysis, live news during the season, live game feed. I mean, it's 24-7. The grind never stops. So thank you guys so much for listening. Go Cubs, go.